crazy is when I go off the rails. This is what you've done to me. Hi everyone and welcome to what has ended up being my first podcast of 2018. This is basically going to be an overview of season three of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It's obviously been a while since I recorded a podcast. The last one was the end of 2017 and a lot has changed in my life since then. I don't really want to spend forever talking about me because this is a Crazy Ex-Girlfriend podcast and not the Vicky show. Since I recorded my last podcast, a lot has changed in my life. Um, I have been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, which is obviously a big deal and um, the show has helped me to deal with it in certain ways, but it's still a lot to process. Um, I'm back living at my parents' house, so I might not be able to record as often because I feel weird recording when there's other people home. But I did figure that this would be a good time for me to start this back up. The show's obviously not currently on the air, but it's been a little while since I've recorded one, so there's quite a lot to talk about. And obviously my first episode came during season three, and I'm doing a rewatch right now from the beginning, so there's a lot of past things I can go back and talk about. And with my changed diagnosis, I'm not going to be on medication. So I'm sort of trying to find things that make me happy. And, you know, talking about crazy ex-girlfriend is one of those things. So why not talk about it on a podcast and share it with you guys? So I did mention to a few people on Twitter that I was going to be starting the podcast back up. And it was suggested to me that I write things down. And I'm pretty sure most people you know, would do that if they were talking on a podcast. I'm fairly certain I'm probably the only person ever to try and record something without thinking about it in advance. But basically, I'm just going to wing it this time and probably think a little more about what I'm going to say before recording in the future. So it's been a little over a week since season three ended and I haven't actually rewatched the finale yet. I was going to rewatch a bunch of season three episodes before I started recording again, but seeing as I have been watching since the beginning, I figured I'd just sort of go in order and rewatch season three when I get up to season three. But one thing I do want to say, and I really want to address this, I did address it on Twitter, but I think it's kind of a big deal, Um, is obviously how the final episode ended and the different reactions I've seen to it. I tried to avoid spending too much time looking deeply for people's reactions and responses because I don't really like seeing negative things about things I'm passionate about. So I kind of just look for reactions from like people I follow on Twitter and people I know are really into the show because I don't really want to see people being negative because it kind of dampens how I feel about things which might sound weird but that's just kind of how my brain works like if I felt really happy about something and thought something was amazing and then I saw someone else saying oh that was so shit then I would start to kind of like question my feelings about it and I feel like if you have sort of like a neurotypical brain and don't just see things in black and white um that might sound strange but that's just kind of how my brain has always worked. So I do tend to kind of avoid general reactions on places that aren't like my twitter timeline but uh when the episode finished I did look in the crazy ex-girlfriend hashtag and it was generally positive and generally just people being shocked. But I did see one tweet that sort of um, bugged me a little bit. I think people have probably gathered by now that I'm very passionate 
about mental health and I'm a big advocate for breaking down the stigma and making mental health awareness more of a thing. That's why I've started a blog and obviously that's a big part of the reason why I love the show so much in the first place. And before the episode aired, because of the promo pictures, um, one of them was of Rebecca and Nathaniel, I guess when they were singing Nothing's Ever Anyone's Fault, and you could see that they were kind of in a prison room thing. I literally can't remember what that's called. But um, quite a few people had said to me, oh my god, uh, Rebecca's gonna murder Trent. And it was literally a joke, I think. I don't think anyone genuinely thought Rebecca was gonna murder Trent. And I kind of got weirdly defensive about it and I was like no they wouldn't do BPD dirty like that they wouldn't turn around and be like oh she snapped she killed him and I was really worried about that I was worried that they were suddenly gonna be like yeah so she just um decided to kill him he came back and she just couldn't take it anymore and big part of me was like they wouldn't do that but then I guess I've never seen films like Girl Interrupted and Fatal Attraction because I'm very nervous to watch films where I know that there is a mentally ill character painted as a villain. I don't really know what happens or if it really like villainizes um, the illness itself. But I know those are films about BPD and I'm pretty sure they both have murder in. I don't know. But um, I was worried that was what was going to happen. And that's not what happened. But the tweet that I saw... I don't remember who tweeted it, I don't have a clue, I don't know if they were just a casual viewer because I do feel like people who aren't as passionate as a lot of us are about this show don't necessarily get all the nuance and don't necessarily think about the overall message. But one tweet I saw did seem to act as if they had painted Rebecca as a villain, as if she'd just gone and killed Trent, which he's not even dead, so like, whatever. But um, yeah, this one tweet was basically acting as if they turned around and been like, oh well, BPD has turned her into some kind of villainess and she's just gonna go around killing people and blah blah blah. But that very much was not what that whole finale was trying to do. I think a very important thing to remember first and foremost is that Rebecca is a lot more than just her borderline personality disorder. Like, she has it, I have it, and we're also human beings well she's a fictional character but you know what I mean um we're people first and foremost who have an illness and not everything she does is because of her BPD and if you really think about the overall message of that episode it was not she has BPD and has snapped it was Trent was uh, going to kill Nathaniel she jumped in um because she was worried about someone she cared about and her actions have consequences just as anyone's actions would have consequences but in the past she has managed to get away with things and to me I felt like the notion of Rebecca finally accepting I've done something wrong and I can't just get away with this I can't blame it on my BPD, which, FYI, if she had planned insanity, that in itself would have been worse for the um, representation of mental illness than her saying, well, no, it wasn't my BPD, it was something I did, it wasn't the mental illness. That would have been worse if 
she did things the other way around. But to me, her whole thing of um, finally accepting consequences to her actions was very similar to um, a Heather being the surrogate. That might sound really bizarre, but hear me out. <laughs> so I really didn't like the idea at first of Heather being the surrogate. Like, the, it just sort of was mentioned at the end of an episode and I was like, what the hell? Why is this a thing? And then when Elaine described it and sort of said, um, it's something that Heather can't quit, I, like, it made sense and I really liked the fact that it happened. And I think a lot of season three was about characters growing and understanding themselves and realising that, um, life isn't easy. So Heather did something spontaneously and realised she couldn't quit it and Rebecca did something terrible and realised that she can't keep getting away with things. They both sort of had to live with these things they'd done. So whereas anything else Heather would have just said I quit and been able to quit, she couldn't quit what she was doing. And whereas in other situations Rebecca probably would have been like yeah, so um, I can plead insanity, that's cool, I'll just get away with it. She realised that she couldn't do that. Well, she could have, but she really she shouldn't. And personally, I think that was a very important thing. And I think something to remember, I want to compare that scene with Nathaniel trying to get her to plead insanity with um, season two, when we see Rebecca and Naomi in court after the whole Robert debacle and um, Naomi saying like she's just a girl in love she can't be held responsible for her actions. Obviously that was the scene where we hear the theme song spoken but more than that it was someone saying well she she can't it's not her fault she did this uh, and she's mentally ill she doesn't need to go to prison um, she can go and spend time in a psychiatric hospital instead. And basically that was the option she had here as well. Like, um, she could have said basically the same thing again. And I think this was showing how much she's grown because Nathaniel, I guess, wanted her to do what she did with Naomi. And she was realizing, I can't keep blaming things on my mental illness because this was nothing to do with that. And for me, I think this finale was all about her being self-aware and her realising, you know, I can't keep acting as if this isn't my fault. It's very similar to something I've seen online a lot, which is your mental illness may explain your behaviour, but it doesn't excuse it. So it's something people say a lot when um, people are like emotionally abusive because they have personality disorders or what have you. And it was the same here. Um, she may have acted impulsively and done that because a lot of the time people with BPD see things in black and white. We don't necessarily see grey areas. So she was like, well, either he's going to kill Nathaniel or I have to do something to hurt him, I guess kind of thing. So that may have explained why she acted so impulsively, but it didn't excuse it. It wasn't saying she did it because of BPD, if that makes any sense. As a person with borderline personality disorder, and even though it's a pretty recent diagnosis, I cling to the show a lot, and I'm obviously not using it as like a guidebook 
it's more like a coping mechanism as in it helps me a lot and I genuinely believe this show has done so fucking much to break down the stigma and I don't in any way think the season three finale undid that. If anything, I think it's done even more for mental health advocacy and if you don't quite get the message, I guess you might be thinking, what the fuck are you talking about, Vicky? But genuinely, I think that finale was phenomenal. And I think season four now, there are so many places it could go. And I think no matter what though, we're going to see Rebecca realising that she's not just her mental illness and she can't blame everything on that. She shouldn't blame everything on that because she is a lot more than borderline personality disorder. She is a human being. She makes mistakes. Her illness does not make mistakes because that is not who she is. And that's a very, very important um, distinction to make. I feel like that finale, if anything, has proved how far Rebecca has come since she moved to West Covina. She did a bad thing, there's no denying that. I'm not going to say well, Trent was going to kill Nathaniel, so, you know, fuck you, Trent. I mean, I am going to say fuck you, Trent, but I mean, I'm not saying, like, she should have almost killed him. But the important part was the realisation that she can't keep getting away with everything. And there clearly has been a lot she's gotten away with. Pretty much everything in the After Everything You Made Me Do song, uh, she got away with that. And yeah, all of the, like, stalking equipment was Paula's, but she still went along with it. She's still done a lot of bad things since moving to West Covina, hence why she made those lists of everything she's done. And obviously not all of it was illegal, terrible stuff. Like, stuff like sleeping with Marco was gross, but, like, it wasn't a really bad thing. But there's still been a lot of stuff she's done and gotten away with, and that's not what she can keep doing and she's realised that, she's become self-aware and that was a big turning point for Rebecca and personally I think season three was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I've seen a lot of like mixed reactions to it, especially the back half of season three but for me I still think it's the strongest season. I think season one was fucking awesome, season two was better than season one, season three was better than season two. And that's not saying like, oh, I don't think season one's good. It's literally saying it goes phenomenal, more phenomenal, most phenomenal. And season four could pretty much do anything and I'm still going to be enamoured with this show. While on the subject of season four, I guess I kind of want to talk briefly about where I think the show's going to go. Because I think with that open-ended finale of it sort of ending on her pleading guilty rather than ending on her being sentenced. I think that's an important distinction because now the show could go anywhere. At first I wasn't really sure if I thought she would go to jail and then I thought about it a little more. And we all know that I really really love Rebecca but even so it's pretty clear that she does need some jail time. She can't just say yeah I plead guilty and then get away with it. But my prediction for season four, I assume Paula is going to step up and be like, actually, guys, wait a second, Trent is a terrible person, here's all the shit he did, voila. And then, you know, from there, she'll get a reduced sentence. 
So my sort of assumption for season four is that we'll get another big time skip. Not necessarily as big. But I know when I was talking to a few people, I said what would be really cool for the first episode is if they did an episode without Rebecca. Obviously Rebecca is my favourite character. She's a character I relate to the most. And I feel like a lot of people might be like, what even would be the point in an episode without her? As a huge fan of her character, why would you even say that? But what I think would be cool would be an episode sort of showing the aftermath of everything that's happened and everyone dealing with this fact that someone they care about has gone to jail and sort of the world outside of her little bubble and sort of seeing people dealing with this huge change because even after all the things she's done and even after all the things she told them the people in the show are still her friends and still her family and still care about her and I really feel like a whole episode without her there would just be really interesting for me at least I think that would be really cool that was less a prediction of what I think is going to happen though and more hey so guys this would be really cool if this happened but then from there I feel like there'd be a time jump because I don't think she'll be in prison for that long and I don't think they'd do a whole season in jail I like the idea of um there being this one episode without Rebecca and then the start of episode two, we see her, like, coming out of jail. I watch a lot of, like, crime shows and I watch Orange is the New Black and stuff. But I don't know how long she would get for that. Like, even if they find out that um, she was just defending Nathaniel, even if there is proof, uh, I don't know how long you would get for, like, attempted murder or attempted self def I don't know what it would be called, but I still, I don't really know how long she'd get. But I think I saw someone say it would probably be about six months. But I don't know if they knew that for sure or if that was just an, a guess. But I could see her being in jail for like between six months and a year. And then time skipping that. Because I like, I don't know, I don't really want to watch a season set in jail. I just can't really imagine how it would be. I feel like it would make a lot more sense for there to be this big time skip. And then for us to sort of see her back at group therapy and trying to get her life back in order and figure out what the fuck she wants to do now because she can't be a lawyer again. No matter what happens, she is going to be disbarred now. And people are like, oh, maybe she could pursue musical theatre, but I think people are forgetting that in reality, Rebecca is meant to be a bad singer. So I don't know. Um... But I'd like to see her sort of trying to figure out life and um, figure out what she wants to do, figure out herself. I've said for a long time I want the last episode to be called Rebecca. That said, I don't actually know what they could do with season four titles. But it would be cool if they used like uh, the girl group's names. So there was like episodes with Paula, Valencia, Heather in the title. And then the last one was Rebecca. That would, like, make me so fucking happy. Because, you know, I really don't want more guys' names in the titles. I liked Nathaniel. And yes, I said that in the past tense. I'm kind of on the fence about him now. But I went from not liking Nathaniel to liking Nathaniel to now sort of being like, well, 
I don't really know, dude. You cheated on Mona for like eight months and then you tried to get Rebecca to plead insanity. You're kind of a fucking dickhead. <laughs> so I'm sort of on the fence about him. I love Scott Michael Foster though, so like, I definitely still want the final round. But I don't want his name in the titles ever, ever again. <laughs> and obviously having a guy's name in the title is like showing that Rebecca's still defining herself via the men in her life. Obviously it was Josh and then Nathaniel and I really don't want that anymore. Obviously we're not supposed to want that and I never did. I mean, I always knew that Josh was an obsession, as was Robert. I liked Greg for a little while and then realised how terrible they were together. Uh, Nathaniel, I like him as a character. And at one point I was like, oh yeah, he's the healthiest option for her if she has to be with someone. And, you know, then there was all the cheating and everything. And I'm like, yeah, I take that back. So I don't feel like she's had a healthy relationship at all. And I don't want her to. That sounds terrible. I don't, I don't mean I don't want her to. I want her to focus on herself. And, you know, I know that's the point. You're supposed to want the love story of the show to be... Rebecca and herself and that is what I want now. I like to a degree where can we stop with the guys names please? That would be like a really cool thing for season four to have um, all the women's names in the titles. I think everyone knows that I'm literally obsessed with the women in this show and the men I'm like you exist that's cool. I do really love Daryl a lot but I feel like it would be weird for like Daryl's name to be in all the titles unless there was like um Say episode one had Paula's name, then Daryl, then Valencia, then Heather, and then it like went through a loop of all different characters. Hell, you could literally do it with like every character. I can't fucking wait for the episode with George's name in the title. No matter what happens in season four though, I'm very excited. And yeah, I'm very confident at this point about season four. And I've sort of gone up and down on how I felt like I was very convinced we'd get season 4 because of how strong season 3 has been and then I was less convinced we'd get season 4 because I was like yeah it's been a strong season but ratings are still pretty low. Apparently both Valor and Dynasty had lower ratings than Crazy X this season though so that's a good sign it's not the lowest rated show on the CW anymore but anyway I was a bit worried because of ratings but then I think one, because of how strong it's been and how good the reviews have been. Two, because it's actually got better ratings now than season two did. And they gave it a chance last year, even though they didn't have to. Three, because it, they've always said it's only going to be four seasons. And to give it three and then at the last minute be like, nah, you can't have season four. That would just be evil. <laughs> and four, Rachel and Elena both really confident in everything I've sort of listened to and watched and read um they've both been pretty fucking confident um when Rachel did a periscope a few episodes ago there weren't that many of us there asking her questions because she did it while the episode was airing and it was really confusing to listen to her and the episode but because there weren't many of us there she was answering like everything we typed so I did ask her about season four and she said she was really confident and I feel like the fact the cast and crew are so confident is a really good sign. Either that or like we're all just really complacent and the cast crew and fans are all like yeah we're totally getting season four and the CW are going to be like ha psych 
and then I'll cry. But I really do think season four is coming. Um, I can't remember the dates people have said, but for some reason apparently we're not going to know until May if there's been a renewal or not. Or it might just be a case of we'll know by May at the latest. But regardless, I feel like we're kind of a shoe in which maybe I'm just being really naive and assuming I love this show, it's totally gonna get another season. But no, I'm, pre I'm pretty sure we will. Like, I say we as if I have any kind of claim on this show. I'm pretty sure that they will get a season four. And in the meantime, while we kind of await to find out and wait for like filming to start and stuff, I'm definitely gonna be working on this podcast and I'm very excited because I'm going to LA again for the Crazy X live tour. That was once again a very spontaneous decision. Um, I heard that the tickets were going on sale and I was like, oh that's really cool for American fans. And I had literally no intention of doing it. And then the tickets went on sale and my grandma passed away not that long ago. So I inherited a bit of money and I was like, well, I said I was going to go to New York later this year with that money. Why don't I go to New York in April? And so I tried to get New York ticket. And obviously there was the whole issue with the bots. So I didn't get the New York ticket. And I was like, well, oh well. It's nothing lost. I hadn't planned to go. I literally decided like two hours before they went on sale that I would wait around on the website and try and get a ticket. So I didn't. So I was like, that's fine. And then I realised that the LA tickets went on sale like three hours later uh, because of time zones. So I was like, well, I'll just try it. I'm probably not going to get one because there's this whole bot situation. Um, and I tried and I managed to score an LA ticket. And I feel very lucky to have managed to get one when so many people didn't. So I, I got the ticket first and then I've decided to spend almost a week in LA this time. And I've booked to go to Disneyland as well. And I'm staying really near um, the theatre where Crazy X Live is. And I'm really, really fucking excited. It's pretty cool to like have that to look forward to when there's not going to be any new episodes for a while. Um, I guess at this point in time, it's just going to be a case of re-watching. And doing podcasts where I talk specifically about certain episodes. This one obviously is just sort of trying to get me back into the swing of talking and I really wanted to touch on that stuff about the finale because to me it was really important. To me season three overall has been super important and really good for mental health and mental illness awareness. It's only been a week since I found out that I have BPD. I mean it's been a few months since I went to see a doctor who said well, I think maybe the reason uh, medication for depression has never helped is because it sounds a lot like you have um, a personality disorder. So I sort of knew in the back of my mind, after looking into them, that it was probably BPD. But it's been a week since I was actually told, yes, you have borderline personality disorder. And honestly, it's something I've genuinely only heard of because of the show. And season three has helped me so much I mean if I had to say what has helped me the most with my mental illness over the last maybe six months I would say both Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and Rachel Bloom like separately the show has helped me so much 
but um different things like Rachel's interviews and how open she is god she's helped me like more than she will ever know season three of crazy ex-girlfriend though has been a lifeline for me and i'm sure i'm not the only one it's been fucking awesome and i just wanted to talk about the importance of that finale in a little more detail because i made a small thread on twitter but even when you make a thread there's still only so much you can type because you don't want to have like a hundred tweets in a thread so i just wanted to touch on that and say kind of hey i'm gonna try and get back into the whole podcasting thing and hopefully future episodes i will plan them out more i will have a theme to talk about maybe an episode to talk about and i'll just you know get more interesting and exciting as time goes on that's the hope anyways um so in this break between season three and four my plan is to you know listen to a lot of podcasts and hopefully make a lot of my own so thank you for listening and i hope you'll be back next time when i'll hopefully have a lot more to say about more interesting things um thank you and see you around crazy is how your loving makes me feel this is what i always want to be